Well, welcome. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins. Uh, the show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank, they are serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We are very grateful for Joe Turner, Kelly Polonis, and all of the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Other sponsors that we're going to talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy. Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. All right, so we, we've got a great show on tap today. I'm really excited about getting to my coaches panel for this evening. But let's recap last week. Last week, uh, we were in the middle of our series of weirdest mascots in America, and we covered a lot of them. We had a local baseball coach and historian on the show, Ryan Schafitzel. And Coach Schafitzel was here, and he brought some homework in, and he researched uh, the the origin and some of the mascots from minor league baseball teams. You want to talk about some crazy mascots? So we talked about the trash pandas, and uh, we had we just had a whole list of them. And so I, I'm excited. Next week we're going to be wrapping that up, and we're actually going to be hosting some actual mascots in here. And so that's going to be a lot of fun to just see that different angle. If you missed that show, you can go to a coachesperspective.com and listen to it, or you can catch it on iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, or Helium Satellite Radio. Go to a coachesperspective.com to find all of those. All right, so as we pivot tonight, we're going to talk about a little bit of a hot-button issue right now in high school basketball. It's the possible implementation of a shot clock, the old this is like an old debate. It's been around for a long time. Um, so coaches are kind of on both sides of this issue. And, and tonight we're going to talk with some veteran coaches, and we're going to get their side. We're going to look at some of the pros, look at some of the cons, um, a little bit of history. Missouri and, and several other states have not adopted it because if they did, they would lose a voting right with the National Federation. And not wanting to take that away, they have not really had a, you know, a serious conversation about it. Now that the National Federation has adopted it and made it a state adoption opportunity, Missouri has the opportunity now to to vote in for the shot clock. So this is a, a little bit of history, but there this is a, a great issue to discuss because there are have been a lot of advancements in the game. Um, would this be one of those advancements if we implemented it? So joining us tonight, we have Parkview Girls basketball coach Carrie Nichols. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. And we have from Nixa, boys coach Jay Osborne is here. Thank you for having me. And welcome back to the show. You've been on here before. Thank you. And we have on the line with us from Mid-Missouri, former high school and college coach Kent Thomas. Welcome to the show, coach. Thanks, Jenny. Looking forward to it. You know, this is just a little bit of history on the shot clock, just because I am a nerd and I like to look up some of this stuff. Um, uh, Danny Dyson um, of Syracuse, he was the owner of the Syracuse Nationals. And he proposed the shot clock in the NBA due to low scoring. They were losing attendance. There wasn't that much excitement generated. So he proposed a 24-second shot clock. And back in 1954, they had the first shot clock game, and that was Rochester Royals over the Boston Celtics. And it was 98-95, to 95, one of the highest scoring games ever. 
Um, in college, the women's game implemented it in the early 70s, a 45-second clock. The men in the mid-80s. And then in 1993, it went to a 35-second clock. And in 2015, it is, and now it's a 30-second clock. So, you know, there are a lot of angles to this. So what I'm going to do is ask each one of my panel members now just to kind of give me a little bit of a snapshot of what their feelings are. Um, we will also dive into the pros and cons, which will also prove their points on, on one side or the other. All right, so I'll start with Coach Nichols. Coach Nichols, just kind of give me a little bit of a snapshot on what you feel like um, are your thoughts about implementing a shot clock here in the state of Missouri. Well, you know, I think there's a lot. I have a lot of concerns about it on all different sides, fronts. Um, but I, I think my number one thing is um, as a high school coach, I am limited by what I can do by who I have. I don't get to go out and pick who I have. It's who comes to tryouts. And I have and I have used in the past the strategy of, all right, we've got to slow this day, game down because we're not very athletic. We can't get an up and down game with them because they will get down and score before we have the chance. So we've got to work it. We've got to make them expend some energy on the defensive end, um, and hopefully that will equate for more success for my kids. All right, that sounds good. So you're not really for it, and you don't you don't want to see it at this level. I no, I do not. All right, um, Coach Osborne, tell me a little bit about your perspective and how you feel about the shot clock. I am for it. I've been for it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I just look at it like this: um, Can you imagine the college game without the shot clock? And I can't imagine it because I watched it back in the 70s and early 80s, mid-80s. I watched Jack Hartman spread it out with 10 minutes left in the game and go four corners. I watched uh, Dean Smith spread it out, and he had Phil Ford out there dribbling around for for eight minutes. And um, the shot clock brought the people back to the game, the spectators. Um, I'm for it. So I'll just sum it up by saying I'm for it. I think it's time. I think the high schools are way behind. Um, can you imagine not playing at the three-point line? I mean, it. you know, um, I can't. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's time. And there's so many teams that are are living and dying by the three-point line now, too. Um, that is, well, that's a whole other show. That's but a whole yes, show, that's but an can example. you imagine where if we would not have progressed to the three-point line? Right. But, or you uh, can even also go to um, the women's game progressing to a smaller size of basketball. basketball. And I mean, there there have been advancements. There there are um, definitely uh, some some obstacles to some of those advancements. But in the long run, um, is the game in a better position? The game, the game has changed, um, but yet that's one area that the leaders of our high school, our federation, hasn't they haven't changed. Right. So. Coach Thomas, tell us your snapshot. You for it or against it? Sure, I'm I'm for it, and I, I'm kind of like Jay. I've been for it for quite a while. I think there's some some myths about the opposition of the shot clock that, that we need to maybe debunk or just dis, or discuss a little bit. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm for it because I think it overall will improve the game. Um, Jay brings up a great point about the three point shot. Um, I was still in college playing between my sophomore junior year when that came in and there was a lot of angst and concern about that. And, you know, look at our game now. It is it is better because of the three-point shot. Doesn't mean it's not without some flaws. And I think the same will be true of the shot clock. Um, you look at 
the European model of basketball, and I'm not saying we should copy ourselves there, but when you think about the European player or the player that we see in the NBA, there's a reason why we say they're more skilled, their game's a little more fluid. When you watch international play, those kids are growing up, literally growing up, playing with a shot clock. And they have learned the skills. They have learned how to play with a limited uh, uh, time on their possession. I also see coaches uh, point in regards to the players that you have. You're only you're in high school. You're only going to get the players that you get, and you may want to play methodical. I think you can still play methodical and slow the game down under the under the uh, a shot clock. I can think you can still be pretty deliberate, but uh, I'm most definitely for it, mainly because I think it will improve our game overall. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and, and we, you know, you have to be able to, to take a look at what not only the coaches would like, but the people that are voting, and that is your administrators at the schools. They are the ones that are going to be voting on this issue. So there was a poll that was sent out. Um, superintendents overall, and this is in the state of Missouri, and this was just conducted this season. So the state of Missouri and superintendents were against the shot clock, against the shot clock, uh, 31% to 69%. 31-4, 69 against. Principals, similar, 36-4, 64% against. ADs, athletic directors, a little closer, but they are uh, they are also against it. 44% were for, 56% against now interestingly enough you know those are the people that write the checks too and we'll talk a little bit about the cost it would take to implement a shot clock and that variable but you look at the coaches so they they would they also polled the head coaches for all the boys basketball teams and the girls basketball teams boys coaches are for it 63 percent to 37 percent girls head coaches in the state of missouri 56 percent to 44 percent so interesting statistics. I mean, that tells a little bit of a story. Administrators overall against coaches as the majority um, are for it. Um, a little bit closer with the girls' head coaching. So we're going to look at some of these. Uh, we're going to break down some of the pros and some of the cons. Try to educate on how you can counter those on on both sides. And we're going to take a look at that after our first break. So we'll be right back here. We're going to thank Great Southern Bank again for being our presenting sponsor. And we'll be right back here with Jay Osborne, Carrie Nichols, and Kent Thomas on A Coach's Perspective. A Coach's Perspective. I'm in the studio here with Coach Kerry Nichols and Jay Osborne. And we also have Kent Thomas on the line with us. And we are talking about the shot clock. Dun, dun, dun. I should have some, like, dramatic music that plays every time I say shot clock. Because it is, um, what I have found, um, you know, kind of researching for this show. And this is a show that we've wanted to do for a while. And I want to thank Coach Thomas for kind of, you know, pushing me to get this in the forefront as quick as possible. (laughs) Um, but this is, you know, this is a topic that's really important. When I have um, spoken with coaches, I get a mix. I do get a mix, but they're never, um, they're never like, oh, I think it'd be okay or I think it'd be all right. They are, I am for it or I am against it. It's usually one side or the other. And they have their valid reasons 
and and respectfully, I can see both perspectives. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. But before we do, I want to thank Highland Dairy for being my sponsor. They, they're owned by dairy farmers. They've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies and professional dietitians that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after workout is chocolate milk. And guess who has the best tasting chocolate? Highland Dairy. They're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. So we thank them very much, and we appreciate our partnership with Highland Dairy, and we love working with Greg Stevenson. You guys have been around sporting events all over the place in this area. You ever see Highland Dairy not involved? They're always there. So we appreciate them. No, I have, I have chocolate milk every morning before school. Well, there you go. And that's Highland. <laughs> is that after a workout, or is that just when you wake up? <laughs> uh, well, my wife tells me that I've been working out a lot while I sleep. Uh, I don't sleep very well during the season. So. I don't remember sleeping well during yeah. the season, so but you know, since I, I moved to broadcasting, it's like the, it's like the ultimate <laughs> melatonin. <laughs> no, I don't sleep very well. No, it gets me going in the morning. I don't drink coffee, so yeah. I have some Highland Dairy. Awesome, good yeah, stuff. they are really good. Yep. All right, we're hey, talking. <laughs> yes, Coach Thomas. Yeah, Jenny, can I can I jump in on your numbers? I don't mean to. For uh, sure, please uh, do. Rebut any of those. That's a that's a Misha poll that was put out in November. A couple of things about the admin responses. Only 52 superintendents even voted. That was only 9%. And only 101 principals voted. That was only 18%. And 544 out of 571 ADs voted. So I just want to put that in perspective. I don't want your listeners to maybe – either criticize or something administrators and I'm I'm never hesitant to do that sometimes but <laughs> not 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 very many of them actually voted so it's really unclear in my opinion what they actually feel about the shot clock I'd like to see that done again or somehow get more feedback I'm not even sure it's on some admins radar screens to be honest right and you know the athletic directors like you said had a high percentage they had 95% yeah. that that voted and so that yes. that's a little bit more um accurate but I, I do feel like that is a general statement that could be true across the state that overall administrators are against it and overall coaches tend to be for it so let's talk about the the first reason which um you know I feel like is is a a con for the shot clock is the cost um you know there is a there's a possibility of between two and five thousand dollars is the general cost to to put um, a shot clock and install it. Then you have the cost of having a shot operator, which could be a volunteer, of course. So, Coach Thomas, I'll let you go first. How do you negate the fact that it is going to cost some of these smaller schools um, that added additional price? Well, I don't, I, there's no question that it'll be an expense. Um, I would I would respond to that in a couple of ways. Uh, and the first one, maybe it's not going to be all that popular, but w- we find a lot of ways in some of the, in a lot of our schools to spend a lot of money on stuff. And sometimes that stuff, uh, I scratch my head at, I do believe, uh, two States that have added the shot clock, North Dakota and South Dakota. And you probably couldn't find two States that are maybe, more densely populated and have smaller schools than uh, the 50 that we have. And I think a lot of people would say, well, the smaller schools are going to have a tough time coming up with some funding. Yes, very possible. But I just don't like that as being an argument against something 
that we think is going to improve our game and help our student athletes. Get creative with it. Figure out how to do it. And, uh, you know, it's a one-time expense as far as the equipment goes. I don't know how long you have to renew that stuff, but I'm going to guess you can go 10 or more years with your shot clock system and not having to buy it. So, yes, it is an expense, but uh, I I don't like the fact that that's used as the reason not to do it. All right, I like that, Coach Osborne. Anything to add to that on the con of the expense? Well, I, I like what Ken has to say there. Um, you're exactly right, uh, Ken. Our school districts, if our population, the taxpayers, really looked at what we spend some of our money on, they would be appalled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know, we've got a good situation at Nixa, um, but it's it's. I think it would be very mi- minute. Um We've already installed our shot clocks. We did that. Our AD did that for us this summer. Um, and you awesome. have to train somebody at the table to do it. But, you know, it's no different than the in football putting the 40-25 clock in the end zones. They had Amen. to train somebody to do that. And I didn't see anybody balk about putting a, a play clock in the end zones in high school football. So, uh, you know, you can find expenses somewhere. And you know what? Hey, get Highland Dairy. <laughs> to uh, donate some money, put their sign on top of the shot clock, and there you go. I, tell I, mean, him to say that, I mean, how right? do we score? How do we afford scoreboards? Right, I we've mean, got Central Bank, sponsors. we've got Chevy dealers at the Ozarks right. up there, and we, and we, you know, we've got Price Cutter, yes. and so uh, we've got sponsorships. Um, so well, there, there's money. You can find the money. Superintendents are good at finding money. That's not. I don't think that's an issue. All right, and Coach Nichols, what are what are your thoughts on the cost? You know, I think one thing that hasn't been addressed maybe is not the initial costs and not the cost of paying them but finding somebody who's doing that we already have issues finding workers and um, we have the same crew that works boys and girls and they at a you know we have a lot of events at our place every week and I I just worry it's pulling teeth if one of them is gone trying to get somebody else and I think that's another is just finding that extra person to work. Um, I know is a big concern that that we have is because it would be somebody that you would want to be the same, you know, one or two people doing it because it is something that's different than what they're used to. All right, and, and I, 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 can, I can definitely see that as well. But, again, you can be creative. You can find a student volunteer. I think we need to start taking some ownership, getting students more involved in, in areas of that area. But – I, I agree. I think that is just another person that an athletic director has to find and make sure that they. And you're right, Coach Jenkins. You're 100 percent right. We're going to have to find some people that to do it, and we're having trouble finding workers now. But but perhaps it, I, I coach small college where you for a while where you do everything, and and we would find students, we'd find you know managers, all kinds of people to help us, uh, you know, manage a game and. Uh, I think, again, if you want to do this, if you want to make it happen, you got to get it creative. you got to figure it out. And uh, But that is most definitely a concern. And training someone, I've talked to a few officials. Yes, officials will talk to me. Uh, and, and from time to time, uh, and they'll, they'll express a concern about it. Uh, in regards to the management of the game, but and will there be some growing pains? Will there be some a process that uh, has to go through to, to make it happen? Absolutely. I, I have a creative solution. 
you find your most annoying parent that's in the stands mm-hmm. and you put them oh, on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So you have to focus on this. We need you. Step up here. Get closer to get closer to floor where they could do some more coaching right yeah, there. there. you go. That's you know right. what? One thing I really like is I don't know what some of the other states are doing as far as this concerns, but, but I know in Arkansas, uh, they're doing this for varsity only. At least they did last year. And yep. they did it just for the larger schools only to begin. Now, I don't know if they've gone class one through seven this year. I haven't done my research on that. I could have done that, and I forgot to call. But um, I think it was just the larger schools, and it was varsity only. So it's not like you're, if you're freshman or JV playing a tournament or on a Thursday night or a Wednesday or whatever, um, I don't think you're going to have trouble finding – you won't have to find somebody to run that. It's just varsity only, which I think is a good entryway. That, that might be, exactly, that might be one of the ways to try to pilot it with some of the larger schools in Missouri. Um, let's let's go back to Coach Nichols. Um, you know, Coach Nichols, you, one of the things that uh, you are for not having it um, is because one of the strategic um, components of your game sometimes is to use that right. as strategy when you don't have as talented a players as the other team does. Your philosophy is they can't score when the ball is in our hands, and it is a strategy that that you have used and successfully used. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that and the philosophy of, of not having a shot clock takes away that option. Or, excuse me, having shot clock takes that away. Yeah, you know, I just I just hate to limit as a what, what I have the options to do, you know. And we all know once you've done your scouting, you all know who's – Who's more likely to do that? And you can prepare your kids for that. You know, when we used to play you, I knew that you were going to go, if there was a minute or left on the clock, you were going to run sunrise, sunset, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and you and, knew our favorite three. <laughs> and and I, I had to have my kids ready for that. And that was my job to make sure that I was ready. And I also knew that there were some times when I had to play Rockbridge who had five Division One kids in the quarterfinal, and I had to put a five foot one kid out on the floor. That us keeping from not even just trying to keep from getting turbo clocked was if we could make them play a little bit defense, maybe they'll break down and give us a, a, an, an opportunity to get a better shot off, get them out of rhythm, exactly, and and slow them down. And I just you know I just think that you know the responses. Well, you know, how boring of a game is that? Well, they have the opportunity to get me out of that system. They have the opportunity to change what they're doing to try to get me to change what I'm doing. So it's not like one person can control the outcome of everything. But I just don't want that opportunity to be taken away. Right. And and I can see that because I've had teams that have a whole lot of talent, and on those years I've wanted a shot clock, let's go, let's go. And then I've had some of the lean years where we needed every strategy we could come, any tool we could find in the toolbox to give us an advantage. So I, I can definitely see both sides. Coach Osborne, what are your thoughts on um, a lot of times, you know, well, teams have to stall to try to have a chance or they have to hold on to the ball and limit the possession. Well, we've played Hartville several times over the past few years, and Hartville last couple of years is notorious for holding the ball, shortening the game. We played him in the Blue and Gold Finals last year, and we had six possessions in the fourth quarter. Two years ago, we played Joplin. In a, in a tournament down at Carthage, and we had four possessions in the fourth quarter because they held the ball. Um, and, it, and it's no fun because they had – both teams had good athletes, good ball handlers, and we can't go take it from them. So it, it, it works both ways. Uh, they were – they had just as good as athletes as we did, if not better, Joplin. Um, we couldn't get it from them. And uh, it's very frustrating. But, you know, I, I just go back to the, 
state quarterfinal game last year. I think it was Class 3, Greenwood and Hartville. Played at BBC. 2,000 people there. Final score, 36-33. Now, I don't think the people that paid $2,000 paid 7 bucks to get in wanted to watch a stall ball. I just don't think that's what they wanted to go see. Maybe the Hartville people did. I guarantee the Greenwood people didn't. And uh, I heard more complaints about that game, talking about both teams had great players, both teams had great teams, both capable of winning a state title. And Hartville held the ball the whole fourth quarter and most second half and most of the game and uh, took took uh, Monu out of the game. And Well, but do you do you think, I mean, is it for the fan? I mean, should we be catering our rules to I think the so. I think our I think our game needs a shot in the arm. I think it needs a pick me. I think it needs an energizer, and and the only thing I can think of is a shot clock. And I think well, we've got what about twenty one states right now that are experimenting with it. Yes, there's um, some good stat. There's some good stats that are coming down the yeah. pipe with some other states that we need. I to think I think uh, Jenny. I think scoring is down. I don't have any stats to back that up. Uh, I think scoring is down overall, and and I one hundred percent I agree with the strategy involved in playing methodical. My oldest son, his team plays very methodical. They have to. They're no average height might be about five ten. And uh but I think there's other strategies that come into play with a shot clock that you other opportunities you can use as a coach. And I still think you could I mean, you know, Princeton University has uh had, had made a uh, reputation for years on the college level playing methodical uh backdoor high post offense and using every second of that shot clock. That's a piece that you can also use, in, in my opinion. I do understand that that's a valid argument on the other side of things, but I think you can also use the strategy. I, I like what Jay said. You know, I think our game needs a shot in the arm just a little bit, something to kind of kind of just, uh, you know, bring it uh, out to the, be the best, best game it is, which I'm biased, of course, but I think it is. And um, so I still think there's some strategy there, even if you had a shot clock. All right. All right. Well, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to continue to kind of wade through and navigate these pros and cons of if we should have a shot clock at the high school level. I want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. on 
Um, and that is something that I think we, you know, is, is a valid concern for sure. Um, but again, you know, we, you can be creative. You can try and be creative um, and, and be able to implement that, especially in the long run. If you look at that, it might be difficult for the first year or two, but then once the school gets in a routine, they can be all right. So let's talk about, uh, we also talked about the stalling and holding on um, to the basketball, and that is a huge strategic component for a lot of schools. Um, that is, you will hear a lot of small schools say, that's the only way we can beat some of the larger schools is holding on to the ball um, and being methodical about it. And, of course, I appreciated Coach Osborne's example of, of Hartville because that is one of the reasons they've had a lot of success is that methodical play. All right, so let's talk about another con, um, or is it a pro? Um, there are coaches that have said that if you have a shot clock, you are going to increase the level of play because they're going to have to play at a faster pace. They're going to have to have better fundamentals. Some of the coaches that feel like it's on the con side is that it's going to be an erosion of those fundamentals. It is going to be more difficult to um, to be able to support that. So I'm going to start with Coach Osborne this time. Tell me your thoughts on the talent level and how it can affect that. Ken, Ken, Ken will probably back me up on this, but uh, the college coaches I've talked to about the shot clock will tell you that it improves the player's decision-making. It makes them a, a better decision-maker. Um, you've got a certain amount of time, and then we've got to make decisions. You can't. That's fair. That's, well, fair. Just, that's just what college coaches are telling me. And, and, you know, we've got so many high school kids that want to go play college ball. Well, you know, maybe we need to start experiment with shot clock because it's a big factor of the game. Coach Thomas, how do you feel about I, that? I agree that, that will improve your, your decision-making. You play faster. Uh, you've got to make decisions. I saw a couple of clips of some youth teams in Europe that play. I'm talking 12-year-olds and working up and down the floor, moving the ball. If those kids can do it, then uh, our kids can certainly do it. I don't. I'm not. I, I will say this, though. I am not a proponent of the shot clock for high school to help kids get to college. If kid is good enough to get to college, he'll get there. Uh, but I do think it will help the overall play and skill development for our players. Is it going to take a little time? Will it take an adjustment? Uh, sure it will. But I think overall, long-term, it'll definitely help. Coach Nichols, anything to add to that perspective? No, you know, I can, even though I'm against the shot clock, I can totally see how it could help with decision-making process. Um, I just have to spend so much time working on the basic fundamentals. That would just be another thing I would have to add. I mean, because if you can't dribble, shoot, or pass, it doesn't matter how fast or slow you do it. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, I took a team once to Australia a couple of times and competed, and they have a game there called netball. If there's anybody from Australia, you are, you know, you're excited right now because it's one of the most popular sports there, and it's similar to basketball, um, but there's no dribbling, and so you know they they pass the ball, and so we had netball drills, which were huge at helping us mm. with some of those situations. So we would do these netball drills that we had learned in Australia, and that helped so much with with some of our strategies. Um, but that is true. I mean, there are there are different ways that you would um, that you would have to develop the decision making skills, like you were talking about, Coach Osborne, um, and treat it like a fundamental, um, as Coach Nichols is talking about. But I definitely agree with that. Um, what I mean, what are the thoughts though? Too, I mean, I, I like what you said, Coach Thomas, about how this should not be. You know, we shouldn't do it because we want um, our athletes to have more of a collegiate experience. 
Um, I like what you say about that, um, but that is a big indicator. I mean, I know it's a small percentage that actually go on to playing, um, but d- does that um, does that go into play when you were a college coach? Um, is that something that you think would have benefited you if they had had that that um, shot clock experience? Well, I th- yeah, I think if it, when you were evaluating players, recruiting players, and you you were sitting in a gym watching a kid play, and yes, if the rules were the same as what you they were going to play when they made the next step, most definitely it would have been a, a bonus, a plus uh, to be able to see how a kid reacts. A lot of times at the end of the shot clock, you know, that's when that decision making has to take place. You know, are they going to throw up shots? Do they have the little, uh, you know, what I call uh, be quick but don't hurry mentality? Can they make a play and under pressure? That would certainly be a piece of the evaluation uh, if you were to watch a kid in high school that plays with the shot clock. Yeah, definitely. Anything to add to that, Coach Nichols or Coach Osborne? No, I mean, I I would see where that would definitely help a a college coach uh, making that evaluation. No, I mean, I, I I agree with Kent. Um, I don't, I don't really have a comment on that. All but, right. Uh, we'll you see. know, the only thing I I really like about the the college game and the shot clock is that, it, in the half, or even in the women's game, the end of the quarters, um, you, you know, you can do a. There's 50 seconds left in high school. You're down three. You're probably going to have to foul. There's 50 seconds left with a three point, or with the excuse me with the uh, shot clock. You can get a defensive stop get the ball back so i think that's that's important well and it rewards defense i think everybody can kind of agree um on that um a shot clock definitely does that talk to us about what time you feel like let's say okay the shot clock is is going to be implemented now we need to decide how much time are we going to have a 45 are we going to have a 35 are we going to go 30 what do you think is the appropriate time for a shot clock in high school, I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to guess you're gonna say 45, Coach Nichols. <laughs> yeah, you know if, yeah. if we're gonna go that way, I mean, especially at the beginning, you know, this is something that's I mean, let's be honest, it's gonna be phased in. Uh, if if it happens, it's gonna be phased in because almost everyone who's adopted it has done it through phasing in. Um, why couldn't we say, all right, we're gonna start? And I don't think it has to be the same for boys and girls. I think I think you could have two different ones. Um, but I would say 45, um, let's be, I mean, the statistics are that most high school teams aren't running 45 seconds off a possession anyway. Right, correct. But then that would address the end of the quarter situations. That would address some of those others to start off with and maybe help, you know, usher it in in a little bit more successful way. I agree. But for the record, those end-of-the-quarter shots that I used to run, I loved that. I loved getting the momentum going into the huddle or to the locker room on those shots. But needless to say, what do you think? 45 seconds, Coach Osborne? I think we need to look at the college game. Um, The college has experimented with it. They they did a 45, then they did, I think they did a 30. They settled on 35. Uh, I just think we have to look at the college game. And, uh, you know, if if the shot clock was not popular – would the college game still have it? No. So, obviously, it's a positive. The coaches like it. Ministers like it. Fans like it. And it's just time we, I think it's time we get it. And I think 35 is an excellent number. I do not like the 24 in the NBA. I think it's too short. But, uh, you know, college went 45 to 30, now to 35. I think it's a good number. 
Coach Thomas, your thoughts? Well, I like 35, and the National Federation Association has recommended 35, and I think that's a, a right number. Now, I'll ask Coach Nichols and you too, Jenny. I've never coached ladies. Is there, in, in the college game, the ladies' shot clock is 30, which is a little different from the men. Does there need to be a difference? I think Coach Nichols brought it up that maybe it is a little different for the for the ladies than it is for the for the guys. I also I, I, this is a totally different subject. I like the four quarters that the the ladies play in right. college. So uh, I don't know 30, if there needs yeah. to thirty seconds for women, needs... thirty five for men. You know, usually women are better decision makers. That's why they don't. Have to have this much time. <laughs> no, no, no argument here. That's wise. <laughs> Um, yes, and, and and to not to minimize the comment that you made afterwards, but that the four quarters is has been an interesting. Um, that's been an interesting part of the game, and I think there has been a lot of um, favoritism for that as well. Um, I just had a message sent in too that that a listener would like to ask is, what do you all think about it promoting individual individualized mentalities? Um, oftentimes, if you are getting down into the single digits, it's time for somebody to take over and create and find a way to score. Um, instead of having that methodical, disciplined offense working together and as a unit, um, do you think it promotes that individualism? Coach Thomas, well, I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, let's let's be honest. The good coaches are going to make sure their best players get the most of the shots, and and that, as it as it should be. Now, if you're blessed enough to have four or five scores on the floor, well, then you're probably winning a ton of games and, and you're get, your job's going to be pretty darn easy. But And I guarantee both coaches uh, on here besides me are going to say, well, I'd like to have my best player take, take most of the shots, which include the end of the shot clock, which brings in a little strategy, brings in a little bit of, of uh, you know, you have to plan and work on those types of things. So does it promote individual play? I, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess in that small, minute box, it might. But uh, I think you're going to want your best players taking shots anyway. And that's something that also could increase those decision-making skills that we were talking about with the player that you want the ball in the hand. But Coach Nichols, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's going to promote promote individualism? You know, I think it's just like anything else. It's going to depend on what the coach allows it to promote and how the coach approaches it. I think if a coach is talking about you know, these are, this is how we want to make the decisions. This is what we need to do. And they're teaching that then no. But if you've got a coach, you all of a sudden is just like, Oh, it's five seconds. No, then, then yes. You know, but I think you see that with anything in, in the game. Yeah. And I can see a lot of quick hit plays still being able to be disciplined and methodical, having some quick hit plays. All right. If we get down to seven, we're going into to red or we're going into you know, sunrise or sunset, whatever we want to do. But but I can see you having some of those quick hit plays. You can still promote that that team and unit. Coach Osborne. For your listeners, this is twice now I've heard the word sunrise, sunset. You know, you know where that came from, don't you? <laughs> Mark, Fisher Mark Fisher at team camp at Missouri State. We like to give him Sunrise Christian Academy was playing him in the East Gym at Hammonds, and uh, Fisher held the ball on him. <laughs> So he just called it sunrise. He went to his little like stack it. delay, and so there's there's the backstory on that. Yeah, but, we just had to give him credit. For yeah, I know we had to give him credit. Yeah, yes. call it sunrise. He got he about got beat up in the parking lot after that game too by a big old weightlifting guy. It was a parent, I think, over there from Wichita. So good times. Well, that I can tell you right now, you know, Mark Fisher won a lot of basketball games at, at Greenwood Laboratory School that he probably would not have 
one if there was a shot clock. Um, he let the air out of the ball quite a bit. He'll tell you he doesn't, didn't, but I know he did. definitely definitely. all right so so the shot clock if it is um administered uh you know then then we have to decide you know the timing and and you've got to try to counter the cost all of those different things um is it advancement to the game i'm going to let our listeners decide but i think you guys have brought up some really good points tonight um that i really appreciate and i uh, go ahead coach osborne you had something to add interesting my assistant coach brock blancett and future nixa head coach brock blancett um talk to uh, one of our local officials about this topic today and he was opposed to it he thinks that well there's several topics that came up but he was opposed to it and I, I thought it was interesting that an official would be opposed to it mm-hmm. he thought it was just something extra something else for him to do and of course my comment is you got three of you guys out there girls guys um you don't have enough to do so <laughs> Far cry from the two minute two two person crew we used to have. There's three of them out there. I think I don't think shot clock come into play for well, that. Well, and so many of the officials um, do call at the collegiate level as yes, well. They do, um, and yes, so do. I think they are used to that as well. But uh, you know, Coach Thomas and, and Coach Osborne and Coach Nichols, I, I really appreciate the fact that you all can come in and, and talk about this issue, have different views, have a different perspectives and respect the other one's um, view and, and be able to to talk about that. So thank you very much for being able to do that. And Coach Thomas, we appreciate you joining us um, as well tonight. Oh, you bet. Thanks Jenny, for pushing I'm, me to do I'm, the show. Yeah. Honored and privileged you ask. And the other two coaches, uh, best of luck the rest of your season. And uh, thanks for listening to me blabber on a little bit. <laughs> you do a great job blabbering. <laughs> You've got great points. Coach Nichols, thanks for being here. Appreciate your perspective. Wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. Thanks for having me. And Coach Osborne as well, um, great win last night against Kickapoo, great showing in the Tournament of Champions, and I know you've got a lot of tough games coming up, and so best of luck to you all as well. Thank you. It's a grind, and it's it's an enjoyable grind, though. Isn't it? Yes, it, it is. is. You're going to miss it. You're well, miss it. yeah, but I'm always going to be a fan. I'm going to come back. I want the shot clock, so I can't coach, but I'll come back and watch. So. <laughs> there you go. That's I want the game to be more entertaining for me yes. to watch. Maybe there you can come go. over and sit by me and do a little broadcasting. I, bring you over you to the dark me, I'll side. Be there. You invite me. I'll add some color. So, yes. Yeah. Well, and I, I I wish you luck too as you prepare you. to be inducted in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame and and for your retirement. So I know Thank that you. you have some big milestones in your life coming up. So I wish you the best of luck on all of those. Thanks for having me. You bet. We're going to move into our post game talk. We want to thank Craig Lehman from Shelter Insurance, also sponsoring and sponsoring our post game talk: Springfield Yard Cards and Story Construction. Story Construction. They are an industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to story, S-T-O-R-E-E.com for more information. Next week, we will wrap up. We do have some mascots coming in. Um, it's going to be exciting. Plus, we're going to also shift gears after we wrap up our mascots, and we're going to talk with Lori Indicott-Vandersnick. <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, youth parents. Dun, dun, dun. There's dramatic music for that, too, as well. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Lori Indicott-Vandersnick, former Olympian, um, current volleyball coach, um, does a lot in our community with sports and their development. And we're going to talk with her a little bit about how to be a great youth parent after we wrap up our, our series on mascots. All right, now let's move into our post-game talk. And I want to remind you this week, as you know, when I do these post-game talks, I want to give you a little bit of a challenge. That's what coaches do. Coach Nichols and Coach Osborne and Coach Thomas, after games, they go into the locker room and they give their teams some kind of challenge or they give their teams something that they have learned from that game. 
And that's what we need to do each and every show is we want to have these post-game talks to try to instill what we've talked about and put those together in your life. Um, and post-game talks can be some of the most powerful motivators uh, for your team. And it gives them something to look at and it ties that valuable lesson that we talk about how sports can mirror life. So let's move into our post-game talk. And, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm being timed on this. You know, with ta- all this talk about shot clock, um, but I'm not going to stall. All right, but I do have a challenge for you. I want you to look at the issues from both sides of situations before you land on one side or the other. Whatever the situation is, we always come into um, a counter those types of situations where there are divisive perspectives. Look at the issues from both sides of situations before you land on one side or the other. Make sure you educate yourself and do your own research. Voicing your opinion after educated research can solidify your position. And as for the shot clock, who knows if it will go through in our state. But in your life, I would suggest two relative areas. Don't speed up your play to the point that you don't stop to look around and be grateful for what you are going through. And on the same note, don't stall and let life pass you by. You may miss some really good stuff. Find that balance in your life. Find that balance of play in your life. Because that is exactly how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you, as I do each and every week, I want you to be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.